What a joy and a privilege that we can gather this Wednesday service again and to magnify the Lord. Let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity that we can come to worship you, to adore you, and collectively come to say thank you so very much. In these precious moments, O oh God, help us to tune our hearts to you and to be able to look into your word, open our eyes that we may be able to know understand and perceive your presence your role into our lives teach us from your word and thank you again father we pray for your precious people today grace peace blessing and helping in jesus name god's people said amen and amen give the lord a clap offering what a joy and a privilege it is this uh, evening to be able to call upon one of our instructors from the bible institute Last week, it was amazing, a wonderful teaching by Brother Colin, and again, the Sunday also was a great feast. And so this evening, we have Sister Pamela Rashid, who's coming to speak to us. She's from the Bible Institute, and let's hear the word of the Lord from her. Give the Lord a clap offering. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Put your hands together and give the Lord a round of applause. Thank you, Jesus. It is a pleasure for me to be here tonight to bring you the word of the Lord. I want to say thank you to Pastor Subash for giving me this opportunity to teach you from God's word tonight. I don't take this task lightly, and I covet the presence of the Lord and the anointing of the Holy Spirit so that I can give you the word of the Lord as he will have you receive it tonight. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to teach your word. And I pray, oh God, that you're going to equip me, you're going to use me, and you're going to bless your people today. All for your glory and your honor alone. May you be exalted. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Like Pastor Subash said, I am one of the instructors with the Bible Institute. And last semester, we went into the book of Psalms. And we had an eight-week session, and the students are asking for more. So I find myself spending more time in the book of Psalms. You know, it's the biggest book in the Bible. So today, I want to take us back to Psalm 23. And you might say, oh, I know Psalm 23. I can recite it. I can say it in my dreams or in my sleep. But I want you to take a fresh look tonight. And it is my prayer that by the time we are done tonight and you leave here, you are not going to read Psalm 23 the same way that you have read it all the time. All right? So if you have your Bibles with you, let's get to Psalm 23. I am going to read it. And for those of you who haven't read your Bible today, it's a whole chapter. It's only six verses. This is a Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still water. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemy. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy 
shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So there, you have read one chapter in the book of Sam. Now before I get into the depth of this psalm, this psalm which is the most quoted, most popular, most recited passage of scripture in the Bible, not only by Christians, but by non-Christians, not only by people who come to church, but by people who don't come to church. This passage of scripture is well-loved. It is repeated almost at every funeral, right? It is repeated, it is recited by children. I remember as a kid when I was going to school in Guyana, some people came from the USA and they gave us Bibles with the New Testament and the Psalms. And the first thing we were told to learn is Psalm 23. How many of you remember those days? So children know the Psalm. Elderly know the Psalm. Everyone throughout the lifespan at some point have heard or have read or have recited Psalm 23. Psalm 23 has been read, recited, or heard by the lowliest of people. So from beggars to monarchs, they all know the Psalm. It's across cultures. It's across religion. It's across every tongue, every language, every socioeconomic background, and even people who are not Christians know Psalm 23. How much do you as believers know the depth of Psalm 23? If I ask one of you to come up here tonight, you're going to be able to recite it. But do you know the substance that lies within the words of Psalm 23? Now, before I get into that a little more, I want to tell you where Psalm 23 is located. And all of you know it has to be sandwiched between Psalm 22 and Psalm 23. Is that right? Can we agree with that? Psalm 23 is sandwiched right between Psalms 22 and 24. Psalm 24 talks about the good shepherd. These three Psalms are the shepherd Psalms. Psalm 22 tells us about the good shepherd, the good shepherd that lays down his life for his sheep. John 10, 11, I don't know if anybody is putting up the scriptures, but John 10, 11 said, the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Psalm 22 is a foretelling of what the good shepherd will do for us. So if I could take you into Psalm 22, where Jesus is a depiction or is a, a foretelling of the resurrection, the crucifixion and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we go into the psalm, we see that they parted his raiments. Psalm 22 started out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why hast thou, why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? Where else did you hear the word, My God, my God, Lamak, Lamak Sabachtani? Why hast thou forsaken me? It is when the good shepherd laid down his life for us. To purchase us. To redeem us 
from the claws of death and hell. Psalm 22 is about the good shepherd. Psalm 24 talks about the chief shepherd, that shepherd that's going to come back in his glory to take us to himself. If someone has their Bible, I would like you to read 1 Peter 5 and 14. If not, I will grab that. I think I marked my pages. 1 Peter 5 and 14. And 1 Peter 5 and 4, I'm sorry. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. That is in Psalm 24. And I want to tell you that in Psalm 24, it talks about the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And if we were to go into uh, Psalm 24 and 7, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting door, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and lift them up, ye everlasting door, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. So there is a day that the good shepherd is going to be the chief shepherd. He's going to return. But in between the purchase of our souls, in between our birth, to the time when the Lord is going to call us home, so in between the tomb, the womb, and the tomb, in between the cradle and the grave, is Psalm 23. Sandwiched between 22 and 24, the good shepherd and the chief shepherd is the great shepherd. Everything you need from birth to the time you're called home is all wrapped up in the person of the great shepherd, Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, your Lord and Savior, and anyone else who wants to receive him into their hearts. So let's start. That was just my introduction. Psalm 23. And I promise I'm not going to be too long. It starts with the Lord. The Lord. The word, the Lord, is translated from the Hebrew, four vowels, Yahweh, Y-H-W-H, Yahweh. When Moses was in the backside of the desert, and the Lord met with him and told him, I want you to go to Egypt. I've heard the cries and have seen the afflictions of my people. I want you to go to deliver them. And Moses said, ask God a question. So Exodus 3 and 14, 3 and 13. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What is his name? What shall I say to them? Listen to what God said. And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. 
And he said, thou shalt say to the children of Israel, I am, I am, has sent you. And that's where the word Yahweh is taken from. In Psalm, Jesus is the, chief, the, the, good, the great shepherd, the great shepherd. He is in that present moment, the I am, the what you need between the time of your birth and the time of your death. Between Psalm 22 and Psalm 24, Jesus is that I am. And I want to go through seven characteristics of this shepherd in Psalm 23. And they all begin with P, like my name. I take that from Pastor Subash's book. I'm going to go through the seven Ps, and I'm going to go through them really quickly. All right? So the first one, and we read it here today, is the person of Jesus. So the person of Jesus, the Lord, the Lord Yahweh. He is all you need. The Lord is my shepherd that speaks of possession. He is mine and I am his. You belong to the Lord and the Lord belongs to you. The Lord, Yahweh, the I am, the everything that I need is my shepherd. And 116 words all led up from the psalm to those first very two words, the Lord, the Yahweh, the I am. So the person of Jesus is who is he to me? He is my shepherd. So those seven characteristics, the person of God, my shepherd speaks of possession. He purchased us with his blood and we belong to him. So next time you read Psalm 23:1, the Lord is my shepherd. Remember what the word the Lord means, Yahweh. Verse 2. Verse 2, so the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Part of verse 1. So the second P that I want to talk about is the provision of God. The provision of God. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Speaks of God's provision for us on a daily basis. If it's healing we need, he can provide healing. He is the healer. If it's peace we need, he can give us peace. He can take care of us physically, emotionally, and spiritually. So this verse says here, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Speaks of God as the provider, the provision, Paul said, and he shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. And that's the physical need that's wrapped up here in Psalm 23 and 1. The next thing that God, that the, this provides for us, rest. Rest. The Lord provides rest for us. So it says here, he maketh me to lie down. Why does God have to make you lie down? Why does the shepherd has to make the sheep lie down? Why is it you cannot get rest? Fear. 
We have so much fear, we can't even sleep. Flies and pestilence, agitation and anxiety. We have to brush it off. We have to keep brushing it off. We cannot sleep. When there is friction in the flock, when there is friction in the flock, we cannot rest. When there's problems in the home, we cannot rest. When there's problems in the marriages, we cannot rest. You know how many marriages people are lonely in their marriages? Everything appears beautiful and wonderful on the outside because there's no communication, there's no respect, there's no intimacy, there's friction, there's no peace. Everything may look good on the outside, but in the inside, people are lonely. And that's one of the reasons why we cannot sleep. Lack of food. But in Psalm 23 and 2, it says, He maketh the sheep to lie down. If you are in the Lord, if he is yours and you are his, he is going to take that fear away. He is going to fix that friction. He is going to bring that peace. He is going to provide that food. And you can go and you can rest and you can sleep and you can get rejuvenated. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. And he leads me beside still waters, speaks of peace. Peace, rest, rejuvenation, and peace. It's all wrapped up in Psalm 23, 3. The next P that I want to talk about is, actually I wanted to talk about, we talk about physical rest. I want to talk about emotional rest. He restores my soul. When we are broken, a broken heart, a broken spirit, he's the mender of the broken hearts. He restores, he mends back, and he puts it back together. How many of you need a little mending tonight? How many of you need a little restoration in your emotions tonight? Maybe you're going through something and we don't know. You put up a big smile, you put up a big hug, and you go carrying on, but inside, you're broken. Spiritually, you're wounded. He is the mender of the broken heart. So he provides that emotional, he supplies the need to heal us emotionally. That's wrapped up in verse 3. He restores my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. It talks about the great shepherd taking care of our spiritual needs. The paths of righteousness. He takes us through the paths of righteousness. He corrects us when we need to be corrected. He leads us into the paths of righteousness. What is so beautiful about Psalm 23 is four verses are talking about a shepherd and two are talking about a host. David puts himself in the position of the sheep and the guests. Now David was a shepherd. He knows the heart of a shepherd. He knows the waywardness of the sheep. He knows there are times when the sheep will go astray. When they're going to do their own thing. When they're just going to get into trouble. When they're just not going to listen. David knew the relationship between the shepherd and the sheep. But what's so awesome about this chapter here. He places himself in the position of the sheep. He wants to be led. He wants to be restored. He wants to be taken care of. He wants to be fed. He wants the peace. 
He wants the mending of the broken heart. He wants everything that he had given to the sheep. He wants this to be received of him from the great shepherd. Hallelujah. And this is what's so beautiful about this. So from verses 1 to 4, David puts himself in that place of the sheep. The next P I want to talk to you about is the purpose of God. The purpose of God. For his namesake. For his namesake, he restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness. For his namesake, therefore, whatever you're going through, if you are in Christ and Christ is in you, whatever you're going through, it's for his glory. It's for his namesake. Now, if you're outside of the will of God, I can't tell you what you're going through is really because of his glory or for his glory. But if you are in the Lord and the Lord is in you, if he is yours and you are his, for his namesake, whatever you go through will ultimately bring glory to him. For he directs our steps. And he takes us through things. We are not to take that glory. We are not to take that glory. There, were, there was a time when I came to this country. 30 years ago. In my early 20s. Maybe don't calculate my age. Uh, Alright. There was one weekend I was homeless. But God has stepped in. And has given me wisdom. And has given me strength. And has seen me through. There were different paths I could have taken. The other nannies that I was working with to take care of children, they said, come to my house, stay with me. By the time I got there, they were drunk, these girls. They wanted me to go to parties with them. They wanted to set me up with a boy. I did not go down that path. But God had seen me through. And today, I give him glory. I give him glory. So everything worketh together for good to those who are called by his name. To those who live for him. It is for his namesake. Whatever you go through. It could be good or bad. It is for his namesake. We remember in Samuel, 1st and 2nd Samuel, David danced before the Lord. The Bible said he danced with all his might. As the presence of God. As the, the ark of the covenant was coming back into the temple. As a king, he took off his kingly robe and stood there with the ephod. The ephod was the undergarment that represented his priestly position. And he danced with all his might. So I'm going to tell you here tonight, whatever happens while you're serving the Lord, it is for his glory. When David came back from battle to Ziklag and the men and women and the children and everything was destroyed, he cried with all his might. When you're doing something for the Lord, you want to do it passionately. You want to do it with all your might. You want to do it with all your strength. If you got to bang your head on the floor because you're going through something, do it. If you want to dance because God has done something for you, you dance. You do it wholeheartedly. There is nothing that we should do withholding from God what belongs to him. The ultimate praise. The ultimate glory. For his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. This is repeated all the time at funeral. 
or at somebody's dying or deathbed. Yet I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I want to spend a couple minutes here. You see the shadow of a sword cannot harm you. Just the shadow of a weapon cannot destroy you. The shadow of anything cannot hurt you. All it is, is a shadow of something threatening. So, even though you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, he is with you. The goal is to get through. A valley is a low point between two high points. It is not a place for you to build house and stay. You're going to be walking through. And he's going to be with you. Some people are either coming down from a valley, from a mountain into a valley. Or some people are coming out of a valley onto a mountain. The goal is to keep it moving. Keep it moving. You're going through, you're going through, just keep it moving. You're going through a hard time, trust the Lord. When you're on the mountain, give him praise. Because you don't know when you're going to be in the valley. So the valley is a place for us to go through. Don't build house. Don't stay there. Just keep walking. Just keep moving. And trust the Lord because he is with you. And the valley is a time of correction. And the valley is a time of correction. Yet, oh, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm going to fear no evil. Thou art with me. Here comes the rod and the staff. The rod and the staff was not handled on top of the mountain. The rod and the staff was dealt with in the valley. When we are in the valley and we are going through hard times, it's easy for us to be judgmental. When we are in the valley and we are going through a difficult time, it's easy for us to accuse somebody and to say, it's because of that person, I am here. And because of this, I am here. It's easy for you to complain when you are in the low point. But that is where the rod and the staff was being dealt with. The rod and the staff were two equipment or two um, instrument or tools that the shepherd used one the rod and the staff to correct to hook back to bring them back into the fold right so sheep they're not easy they're not the smartest of animals they always get into trouble always get into trouble the shepherd always have to have a rod and a staff and i want to thank pastor subash for being a great under shepherd with the word of the Lord. And if you don't want to pay attention to the word of the Lord, you're missing out. You do not want to be lonely in your relationship with God. You do not want to have no communication, like in some relationships. No communication, no respect, no intimacy. You want to take every little drop of the word and the worship and mold that into your being and spend time with the Lord. You could be driving, you could be walking, you could be, you know, cooking or you could be scrubbing the pots. You can give him praise. That is the intimacy that God wants. Not on a Sunday morning, you come and you check a box, okay, I've come to church. Or on Good Friday, check a box, I've gone to church on Good Friday. Your relationship with God has got to be like that of David. Dance before the Lord with all your might. Take off your, your, your kingly garment. It doesn't, it's not show business. He wants the heart. 
He wants a relationship. And that is what Psalm 23 verses 1 to 4 talk about in regards to the relationship between a shepherd and the sheep. The good shepherd, the great shepherd, the chief shepherd, and the sheep. Now let's go to the other section of this beautiful psalm. Psalm, so we're looking at verse, verses 5 and 6. David just switched position. No longer is he the sheep being led and taken care of by the shepherd, but he is the guest at the banquet of a king. When David wrote the psalm, he was king. He was a shepherd. Now he's king. He's used to having banquets and celebrations. And he's used to inviting his favorite guests and having lots to drink and lots to eat. But he is not talking about himself here as that king. He is talking about the recipient of the guest at the table of the king. I want to be the recipient of the guest. I want to be the guest at the table of my Lord. Verse 5, thou preparest the table for me. In the very presence of my enemies. That means that when I'm sitting down at the table of the king, my enemies got to watch me. They got to watch me eat. They got to watch me enjoy. They got to watch me laugh. They've got to watch me just be happy in the presence of the king, being treated as the most favored guest at his table. David puts himself there. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of that person who scandaled my name, in the presence of that person who robbed me of my money, in the presence of that person who tried to destroy my reputation and my character, in the person, presence of those who try to destroy, in the presence of my enemy. You've prepared a table for me, and they've got to watch me eat, and there's nothing they can do about it. They just got to watch me eat and wish that they had not done what they had done. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. There are two types of oil that are mentioned in the Bible. One is the anointing oil. When God wanted to anoint kings and priests, it's the anointing oil. The oil that we're talking about here is the oil of hospitality. Remember when Jesus went to Simon's house? Simon did not anoint Jesus' head. It was customary in those days that when you go to someone's house, that they anoint your head. It is, was very important that they display hospitality in that fashion. And when that woman came in and she broke her alabaster box and she anointed the feet of Jesus, Simon was the first one to say, couldn't she have sold it? What is she doing? And Jesus said to Simon, I've come to your house, but you did not put oil in my head. You did not show me hospitality. But she has taken her prized, perfumed oil and anointed my feet. I want to tell you tonight, when the Lord is your shepherd and he is your king, you are the sheep and you are the guests. 
He is going to anoint your head with oil, the oil of favor, the oil of prosperity. When you walk, when you speak, when you go anywhere, doors are going to open in front of you. People are just going to want to be in your presence. People are just going to want what you have because the favor of the Lord, the oil that he anointed you with is going to be shining. I want the Lord to anoint me, anoint me, anoint me with that oil. The presence of the Lord. The presence of the Lord is so important. Anoint me with that oil that is mentioned here in verse 5. Thou preparest the table before me, before my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. And not only that, my cup is running over. You know, it's customary when you go to somebody's house, even when people come to my house, one of the first thing I want to do is to give them something to drink, right? Even the garbage collectors, when it's hot and I'm working from home and I see the truck coming down, I just run out and I just give them water or Gatorade or whatever. The, the, the sign of hospitality is you want to fill your cups. But not only is this king filling the cup of his guests, my cup Run it over. My cup, run it over. When you are his and he is yours, your cup is going to run over. It is going to be no stopping. You're going to be a blessing. You're going to be blessed to be a blessing. You're going to have enough for yourself and your household. And you're going to have enough to give. My cup, run it over. Hallelujah. How many of you want your cup to run over? How many of you want the anointing of the Lord upon your head? How many of you want to be in the presence of the king and be treated as the most favored guest? I want to do that. Years ago, I went on a cruise, and they told me that at the captain's dinner, you have to dress fancy. So there I go with my high heel shoes and my sequins dress, going to the banquet at the captain's dinner. How much more I don't want to be at the banquet of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I want to be prepared. I want to be washed in the blood. I want to be white as snow. I want the Lord to help me to forgive, to help me to remove everything within my life that's going to block my blessing because I want my cup to run over. And surely, goodness and mercy, help me finish it. All the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. His promise for the future. His presence. His presence. Psalm 23 can never be lived and be enjoyed if first you don't know Yahweh, the Lord. 116 words in this psalm. All are nothing without the Lord. There is going to be no rest by the streams of water. There's going to be no provision. There's going to be no oil on my head. There's going to be no cup running over. There's going to be no presence of him walking through with me in the valley of the death. None of that without the Lord. And David rightly said, the Lord is my shepherd and everything else. So the six Ps, the seven Ps, which I didn't get to go to. I just looked at my clock and I think that I'm getting out of time. Just to wrap that up. The person of God. The provision of God. The purpose of God. The promises of God. The power 
of God to bless you. The protection, the divine protection. You don't know what would have befallen you if he didn't protect you. You don't know what kind of spirits were lurking outside of your house while you were sleeping. You don't know what he has protected you from. Divine protection and his presence. Take everything away from me, but leave me with the presence of the Lord. And if I have the presence of the Lord, if he is mine and I am his, like David said, everything else is going to follow. So just want to wrap up with this. Everything that you need is in this psalm. Jehovah Jireh. Everything that I need. So when you want to talk about this psalm, and I hope that you are never going to ever read this psalm like you did before. He's going to be a Jehovah Rapha. He's going to be a Jehovah Nissi. He's going to be a Jehovah Jireh. He's going to be a Jehovah Shama. He's going to be a Jehovah Shalom. He's going to be everything you need. And it's right here, wrapped up in Psalm 23. Now, if this was a class that I was teaching and I taught Psalms 1, I'm going to be teaching Psalms 2 this semester, I like to throw trivia questions. But I know we don't have time, otherwise I'll throw out a couple of trivia questions and see who we're learning. Because when I'm teaching, I want to make sure you're learning. Praise the Lord. Now give the Lord a round of applause for his word tonight. And Pastor Subash has asked me to um, tell you about the Highland Bible Institute. And Brother Colin, our dean, is sitting back there. I just want to let you know that get lost in the word of God. Take every opportunity you can to get into the word. To know him. Get into his love letter. Get into his word. So we do have five courses a semester. And the semester starts on October 24th. It's running for eight weeks. So it's going to be finished around the middle of December. Uh, Christian anthropology. We're studying the doctrine of humanity. Psalms 2. Draw nearer to your refuge and your strength. We're going to be doing that. Ecclesiastes. The meaning of life. The next one is healing the sick. And the other is spiritual warfare. So there are five courses. Up until now, they are online and they are free. And they are going to be done in your home. So you just need a computer and you need to log in. Um, the registration is open. You can get that information on the Highland Bible Institute website. You can get it on the Facebook and other social media. But I want to encourage you. Get yourself locked in. With the word of God, study, study, enrich your life with God's word. I encourage you to register and take a course. And I encourage you to go home tonight and read Psalm 23 one more time. Everything we need from the womb to the tomb is embodied in Jesus Christ, our great shepherd. Praise the Lord. And I am going to hand this over back to, uh, to Pastor Subash or the choir. Thank you. God bless. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God bless you. What a wonderful message. And I enjoyed the message because that's one of my favorite psalms. Amen. As a child growing up as well. And we just have to take heed to the word of the Lord and be secure in God, amen, because he's a good shepherd, amen. He's the bishop and the lover of our soul. 
And so we just pray in the name of Jesus that those even online, that you heard this message, that you will surrender your life to the God that you can trust. Amen. Who's alive and well. And he loves you. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for that powerful message. A word of encouragement for those that are in Christ and to those that do not know the Lord. You can come on in while there's still time. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're getting ready to take the evening tithes and the offering. And we just want you to be encouraged in the Lord. Amen. That you're given unto God's kingdom. And we just want to encourage you that, that we will uh, appreciate all that you've given and that God will rebuke the devourer for you. And there are so many different ways that you can give. And so we have the online giving as well. I always uh, utilize my text. It's just easy to do it that way. Amen. So be encouraged in the name of Jesus. And you can mail your donation to the church office at uh, 160-20 Highland Avenue. You can also use the um, 5-3. I'm very sorry. Um, the text online, you can give on Facebook, but if you click the the button, the about button, and if you're on the website, click the give button. You may text it to 73256. I should remember that one by heart because that's the only way I give. So just be encouraged tonight that even those that are online, God will bless you. And those that are here today, give unto the Lord. Let us pray. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus, O oh Father, that we cannot outgive you. That you are God who is so loving, so giving, so kind, so merciful. And Father, we just pray in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that as they give, Lord God, that you would multiply back, O oh Father God, unto them. And Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you would give seed to the sower in Jesus' name and bless them. Amen. God bless you.